Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us today for this very important announcement. I do want to especially thank Shona Firth of the Alberta Chambers of Commerce and Scott Farge of Build Alberta Association for being with us for this important announcement. On behalf of Premier Smith and the government of Alberta, I am very happy to announce the proclamation of Alberta's new Labor Mobility Act uh, following a period of thoughtful engagement and collaborative efforts between the government of Alberta and our province's professional regulatory bodies. The Labor Mobility Act was proclaimed and came into force on Thursday, April 6th. Alberta can now reap the benefit of this important legislation which will help grow our economy and create even more jobs. Proclamation of the Labor Mobility Act is an important milestone on a journey that began some time ago. Between 2019 and 2020, Alberta saw the number of applications from professional workers certified in other Canadian provinces and territories increase from 21% in 2019 to 30% in 2021. The higher demand for people from across Canada to work here spoke well of Alberta's many opportunities and advantages. In the face of a growing labor shortage, our government knew we needed to work with our regulatory bodies to make it easier and more efficient for skilled, certified professional workers to choose our province. It was important to meet with our professional regulatory bodies to examine how we could reduce barriers. And through this collaborative effort, the Labor Mobility Act was developed. The act was an important step towards welcoming more applicants to apply their expertise to jobs right here in Alberta. The next step, which required more consultation and collaboration, was to work out the details of how the new act would work from day to day, otherwise known as the regulation. And thanks to many targeted engagement sessions by department staff and an openness to change and improvement by the professional regulatory bodies, those regulations have been determined and Alberta's Labor Mobility Act is now in force. The new act and regulation enable highly skilled, certified professional workers from across Canada to apply their experience and skills to jobs in Alberta. No matter where in the country they receive their credentials, it creates a streamlined, consistent, and transparent approach for recognizing those skills, education, and credentials. The legislation applies to more than 100 regulated occupations in Alberta, including skilled trade workers, lawyers, engineers, accountants, and many more. Those of you familiar with Alberta's Fair Registration Practices Act, which we previously introduced to ensure an efficient process for foreign credential recognition for internationally skilled professionals moving to Alberta, will recognize some similar oversight features that the Labor Mobility Act also sets out, but that are specific to ensure efficient processes for certified workers coming to Alberta from across Canada. And these include the institution of a 20-day maximum time frame for registration decisions, clearly defined application review and appeal processes, and increased transparency thanks to requirements 
that documentation and fees are posted on a public website. Recognizing professional credentials from across our country and the world in a timely fashion is a key part of our plan to grow and diversify Alberta's economy. The Labor Mobility Act will help put more money in the pocket of certified professionals coming to work in Alberta by helping them get to work faster. A 2015 report by the Conference Board of Canada estimated that improving Canada's credential recognition system could potentially increase the annual incomes of these affected workers by an average of $15,000 to $20,000, totaling more than $3 billion for those with out-of-province credentials. Welcoming these professionals to our province will also help Alberta meet the needs of our growing labor market diversify our economy, create jobs, and strengthen the workforce in all regulated sectors. The economic impact of improved labor mobility is a win for everyone. In fact, a study completed last year by the McDonald-Laurier Institute found that reducing interprovincial trade barriers could positively impact Canada's entire economy between 4.4% and 7.9%. To put that into dollars and cents, the changes made through the Labor Mobility Act could improve Alberta's economic output by between $100 and $200 billion over, a long, over the long term, ensuring that we continue to have one of the most competitive economies in North America will mean Alberta creates even more opportunities for workers no matter where they receive their training. In order to continue the positive economic growth we are seeing in Alberta today, we need to build our talent pipeline and in, all, and in all sectors of the economy and all regions of our province. Simply put, the more certified workers we can attract, the more investment we can put to work, creating jobs opportunities for Albertans. The proclamation of the Labor Mobility Act is a major step in building the Alberta we all want now and for generations to come. A place with the strongest economy, the most diverse, the most creative, and the most functional economy in all of North America. Of fair opportunities for all, where people of vision and talent from around the world can follow their dreams and enjoy the fruits of prosperity with their families and communities. I do want to thank you for being here today. I would now like to invite Sean Affett, President and CEO of the Alberta Chamber of Commerce, to provide some remarks. Thank you so much. Thank you, Minister, and good afternoon, everybody. I'm pleased to be here to represent the Alberta Chambers of Commerce Network, which is 115 local chambers, representing nearly 24,000 businesses across the province. Expediting the process for new, underutilized, and emerging workers to get into the labor market at their full capability has been a priority of our business community for many, many years. Our network frequently undertakes research on Alberta's labor market. Many employers struggle to find people with the skills they need to grow their businesses, has been some of our findings, including credentials covered by the Labor Mobility Act. With the high demand for skilled professionals, our business community is thrilled with the Act's proclamation. 
which will provide timelines, transparency, and accountability for all employers and employees alike in getting the credentials earned outside the province recognized here in Alberta. Alberta is calling, and now our doors are open to skilled professionals across Canada to move to Alberta and pursue opportunities and help build vibrant communities in our province. I'd now like to turn the podium over to Scott Fash, Executive Director of the Building Industry and Land Development Association of Alberta. Scott? Yes, good afternoon. Uh, I'm really pleased to be here today alongside uh, Minister Madhu to speak on behalf of the land development and residential construction industry. Today's announcement is a positive step forward by the government of Alberta to reduce red tape and address accreditation barriers for skilled professionals. We need to continue doing what we can to reduce these barriers in attracting a variety of professionals and skilled trades within the construction industry. This is essential uh, to support the rising demand for housing we are seeing in Alberta, thanks to the unprecedented population increase over the last year. New Albertans are arriving every day, and we must ensure that the advantages we have enjoyed historically remain. We do that by addressing emerging threats to one of our biggest draws, affordability. Alberta is known for our housing affordability, and that's not by accident. It's Alberta built. There are many factors that influence affordability, including announcements like the one we are to here to, today to discuss. Skilled professionals and trades are a critical component to maintaining the housing supply needed uh, to support growth affordably. This becomes increasingly important when we experience times of high housing demand and reductions in overall supply like we are now. So Build Alberta is, uh, you know, wants to continue working collaboratively on behalf of industry with our government partners uh, on the work necessary to pave the way that will allow the Alberta Advantage to last for generations to come. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Scott. That concludes the formal portion of our announcement. We'll now proceed to the media question and answer portion. We'll start with the floor and uh, we'll... We'll encourage you to uh, ask one question and one follow-up. And please, uh, if you can limit to the topic, that would be highly appreciated. Thank you. So, Kathy Mikowski, Alberta Today. Um, so, there's a hundred different professions here. And, I mean, I imagine there's kind of a difference in the complication between, like, a horse jockey versus a lawyer. Um, was, was, and it took a while. So, was there any specific occupation that was um, a bit trickier to work through? Well, I think you had me say, by the way, thank you for your question. You had me say that there are about 100 professions that would be included, that are included in the Labor Mobility Act. Obviously, uh, there is a, a balancing act to make sure that um, we, we build the act and the regulation in a manner that is consistent with the standard of the professions and, and the expectations of the regulatory bodies in, dealing, in making sure that we don't do anything that will impact or lower the, the standard of the profession. So all of that has been taken into consideration. Right, but was there, was there any specific like, road bumps? Was there any hurdles that made it take longer than expected? Yeah, we, we, as you can imagine, with a, an act and a regulation that is going to impact almost 100 professions, it was going to take some time uh, to complete the consultation to make sure that we have taken into, into, into account many of the concerns or recommendations or suggestions that uh, were coming from the professional regulatory body. So the answer is yes. Um, it is to be expected that um, there, 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 there are a lot of complexities that we needed to walk through. 
Steve Kaiser, Global News. Deputy Premier, a press conference you were at on Friday regarding uh, the multiculturalism and the uh, Premier's panel on such. You've got a member there, Tariq Khan, who was disqualified in 2019 from running for the UCP because he shared some very anti-Semitic uh, comments and posts online, including a uh, photo, uh, photoshopped photo of the Israeli Prime Minister eating a baby. So I'm just curious, why is he on this panel now? Yeah, so I think, um, first and foremost, I, I think um, it's obvious that uh, we collectively uh, condemn um, any act or behavior that, um, that, that deals with anti-Semitism. We condemn act of hatred. We condemn act of racism and discrimination in all of its forms. I do. I know the Premier do as well, and I know the, the entire government that I am part of uh, take the issues of that particular nature very seriously. Um, this was brought to my attention this morning, and my sense is that we would take action to deal with that particular issue. It may, you know, the, when there are hundreds of people that we appoint on a wide range of board and agencies of government. There is obviously a vetting process, and once in a while, you'll miss something. And so, and so I think my, my, my view is, as I, I suspect would be the view of the Premier, is that we would, we would take action to deal with this particular individual to make clear that we do not support any of the things you are saying he's posted or may have been shared out there publicly or online. Deputy Premier, it's not that I'm saying that he's sharing these posts or uh, uh, explaining them to you here. It's that he did share them, and your party, the UCP, disqualified him in 2019 in a vetting process. They looked at these posts and they said, that is inappropriate, that's not what the party stands for, we will not allow this person to run for office. Yet, somehow, your vetting process... He gets through. I mean, what message does that send when you've got a member uh, on your uh, multiculturalism and inclusion panel that is in uh, that that is sharing anti-Semitic posts and posts denying the Holocaust? I, I think it is uh, unfortunate uh, that um, you know uh, someone in this day and age will be. Um, quite frankly, sharing anything that is hateful or anti-Semitic. I think, again, um, once in a while, uh, some of these things, it can be missed. We are, we are humans. And I think what is important is that eventually, when it's, when it's brought to our attention, we'll fix the problem. You know, I, 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 I can't speak to where the gap came from in the vetting process, what I can commit to is that the views or the things that have been shared by this individual um, are not reflective of this government, myself or the Premier, and we will deal with it. Sorry, if I could ask one more there, Nikki. Uh, Deputy Premier, but what I'm confused about is how did you miss it in a vetting process if your party vetted him in 2019 and he was disqualified because of these exact same posts. These aren't you. These are things you found in 2019. So how did you find them I, then, but somehow forgot about them three, uh, four years later? I think I have addressed that question. There are, there are different vetting processes embarked by the party, 
It's a political party. This is the government of Alberta. Well, again, um, it's obvious that uh, someone in the vetting process uh, missed this distance. And so we'll go back and take a look at our process, ensure that we, we close whatever gap that existed that made it impossible for us to catch this serious error. And so we'll fix it. Thank you. Any more questions? Dean? Uh, Matthew Black. Oh, Matthew, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Hello. Uh, just a quick question. You're taking follow-up questions from us here today. Uh, I'm sure you've heard about the Premier's one-question policy going forward. Is this something you're going to continue to uh, do throughout the campaign, take follow-up questions? Listen, I support, uh, you know, the, the Premier's uh, comment. We are in an election uh, season. I think what the Premier was trying to get to is that there are more uh, media folks um, than we normally have in normal circumstances wanting to get their questions heard. And so we would always make provisions for more questions. Uh, for example, um, I, I, I have been at, I, I mean, at events recently where we have more ethnic media want, wanting to participate. I think it's important that we create the opportunity for a wide range of, of media to participate. Thank you. Next one. Well, I'm sorry, Deputy <laughs> Premier, you just said we're in an election. I, I, Has I, the writ been dropped? No. <laughs> I, think I, I think I've addressed your question, my friend. Yeah. No, that was my follow-up as well. You mentioned the election. So just want to be clear, we're not in the formal period, right? No, no, no. I, I, I was just trying to, you know, go back to what the Premier said, which is that given the times that we're in, there are more interests in, in, in the upcoming election. There are more people more media house, houses, uh, more ethnocultural media wanting to ask questions ahead of the election. And so we are taking steps to make sure that we can hear from more media folks than usual. Any more questions on the floor? Thank you very much. Uh, if I could follow up on SAFE, I just want to be clear, when you say take action, will Mr. Khan be removed from the Premier's Council? Now, I I think it is that would be a reasonable expectation. I, I haven't um, I haven't been briefed on on what is next, but I I think that would be a reasonable expectation. Deputy Premier, sorry, uh, just right there, you said that uh, the reason for this one question, no follow up at Smith's events, is so more media get a chance to answer questions or sorry to ask questions, but. On Friday at that press conference you were at, uh, we only went to six reporters, six questions, and several people who were there in person, including CTV, were snubbed and weren't able to ask questions. Usually you take about uh, 10 reporter questions, 20 questions in total, including follow-up. We're seeing less than a third of that now. So how can you justify that? <laughs> I am not sure what you are alluding to, but I was... At uh, that media conference as well, I was in the room, and most of the people that were in the room that wanted to ask questions get to ask their questions. Not true. And that concludes the announcement for today. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you, folks. Thank you. Thank you.